Hello, Open Your Hymnal listeners. Before we begin, we have two quick announcements to share with you. First, we are excited to announce the return of the Open Your Hymnal Hymn Tune Madness Tournament. You can find more information and play along by visiting the link on our website. Voting is now open to select the tunes that will appear in the tournament bracket. The final bracket will be available after March 15th. This was a lot of fun last year, and you don't want to miss out. Make sure to follow us on social media, too, to take part in the conversation and a little bit of trash talk with Bob Moore. Second, we're bringing Open Your Hymnal Live to Central Minnesota, featuring an evening of storytelling and song with Dan Schutte. You can join us on Sunday, March 8th at St. Boniface Catholic Church in Cold Spring, Minnesota. The event is free and will be recorded for an upcoming episode. Come and be a part of our show. More details are available on the events page on our website. And now, on with the show. Hello and welcome back, Open Your Hymnal listeners. My name is Matt Reichert. And I'm Zach Stahowski. And we are really glad to have you with us for another brand new episode of the show. Uh, Today, Zach, we are going to be featuring a conversation we recorded way back in the summer of 2019, and it's our very first group interview. That's right. We had the great fortune uh, this last year, like I still can't believe it, we were Not only were we able to see the St. Louis Jesuits in their final concert together, but at the NPM convention in Raleigh, North Carolina, we were actually able to sit down with all of the Damians. Yeah, and and I don't know if you remember this, Zach, but, you know, of course, so many of our interviews are scheduled, you know, way in advance as we're trying to find time in people's busy convention schedules, but we sort of just stumbled onto this group interview with all the Damians. We were really fortunate. Yeah, it's weird, like, because we've had the great fortune that we've had prior relationships with a lot of these composers who we've interviewed in the past. I don't know about you, Matt, but I, aside from Gary Daigle, I had never met any one of the Damians prior to that to that week. No, that that's right. I, I hadn't met any of them either. And then, of course, we found ourselves at dinner with them and, you know, as is usually our custom over food, <laughs> right? Plan solidified. <laughs> and there we were in a hotel room with all of the Damians. <laughs> yeah, it was really a situation where we didn't know it was going to happen until we found ourselves there. I had emailed Gary like a week prior, just on a whim saying, do you think that this is a possibility? And Gary had just kindly said, uh, yeah, let me talk to the guys and get back to you. And then we never heard back. Yep. And, and, so, and usually, usually in our experience, when we hear, let me talk to the guys and I'll get back to you means we're, we're not going to hear back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but really, I mean, we, we owe a lot again, continually to, to our friend Gary Daigle for, for being able to make this happen. Um, and, and I don't know if you remember this, Zach, and we should, we should put this up on our social media again, but you know, the reason everyone was together in Raleigh was because Gary was receiving the pastoral musician of the year award from NPM. And I got to tell you, his remarks and his address um, accepting that award were just beautiful. And and for those of our listeners who haven't seen it, we'll share it on, on Facebook. Make sure you watch the video because it will give you 
all of the feels. It was just, it was a really lovely moment with Gary. Absolutely. And for any of our longtime listeners who have heard the episodes with Gary, you know what just a pastoral, just wonderful guy that Gary Daigle is. And he was just 100% of that uh, in this receiving this honor. And so, yeah, we'll, we'll post that. That was wonderful. So, so those of you who are used to the format of our shows where, you know, we've conducted an interview and Zach and I go back and forth, this is going to be a little different because we really, truly had this whole group together, our first group interview. So we're going to get things started and we're going to kind of let the Damians take it from here. You'll, you hear a lot of their memories and a lot of their conversation and, of course, a lot of their music. That's right. You know, it's really something when both Matt and I couldn't get a word in edgewise. <laughs> <laughs> that, yes, that we, uh, we usually have no problem filling time and we are going to cede the floor to the group. So please open your hymnals to the Damians. Will show me the path of life and guide me to joy forever. So we're going to let the members of the Damians introduce themselves. One quick note, at NPM, Buddy Caesar was present, but unfortunately he wasn't available to take part in this interview. This is Daryl Decody. I'm from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm Mike Balhoff. I was originally from Baton Rouge, uh, currently live in Baltimore. Hi, I'm Gary Alt, and right now, currently very happily retired. Hi, I'm Gary Daigle. I'm in Arlington Heights, Illinois. I will bless you, Lord, you who counsel me. Even in the night, I rejoice in you. Well, we started in 1967 with, uh, uh, in the days when music was moving from Latin to English, and we found ourselves needing music. And I can remember in the first days, we had hymnals that had translations of the Latin into English, so we were trying to sing, and it just didn't work. We, so we found ourselves uh, writing music for the Sunday liturgies at the seminary, and so that grew into the beginning of the Damians in 1967, and the current group is from 1968. So that's the origins of uh, Damians at Notre Dame Seminary. We were the Notre Damians, or as it now turned out to be the Damians. Yeah, in that early stage too, we were um, uh, we needed to fit into a car because people would say we we need that group to come, and then we that's when we decided that we needed a name, but that group needed to be no more than five because that's what worked in a car, and so that's what we did. And a bass fiddle, <laughs> and a bass right. fiddle. That's right. <laughs> the three of us were in Scola in a Benedictine monastery. And every single day we sight read Gregorian chant. So we came out of that. And so it became obvious to us that the liturgy was rich and should be singable and should be elegant and should be customized for, for, for people. And so that was, the, that was what we built on. And so when we went to Notre Dame Seminary, there was no longer a Benedictine monastery but now the people that had come out of, out of that particular program who had been SCOLA members, 
uh, we realized we had to write music. And, and of course it was a different era because of the Second Vatican Council. And I think one of the strengths of that, that particular time, of course that was the late 60s, which was the height of the folk era in this country. Peter, Paul and Mary, Joan Baez and all of those folks. And the thrust of the folk era was allowing people to be able to sing together. Uh, melodies that they could really engage themselves in. And so that became really the model for us um, because the, the Vatican Council talked about full conscious and active participation by the faithful. And so we were trying to find a mode that would allow people to engage in worship. Um, and so that, that folk style really seemed to fit that. So our, we attempted to write melodies that were singable um, that were easily transferable to a parish setting. Um, and that seemed to work. I heard a comment just this morning that really struck me. A parish musician from Chicago I was talking to was saying that one of the things that our music did was awaken people to a need they didn't even know they had. That once they started to sing and once they started to participate, it suddenly opened their, their mind and their spirit to what worship was really all about. And I thought that was a, a pretty insightful comment. Um, and I, I couldn't have articulated it that way, but I think that's, that's exactly what started to happen. Gary, you want to talk about the early writing, like all we have, all that we have? Well, um, it's probably the first song I ever wrote. And um, uh, I can't say where it came from or what it was based on. I was just sitting on the edge of my uh, bed in the, in the seminary and wrote the thing from beginning to end. Um, and you wrote it specifically as a um, preparation of the gifts. Right. Mm -hmm. All that we have and all that we offer comes from a heart both frightened and free. Take what we bring now and give what we need. Some would rely on their power, others put trust in their gold. Some have only their Savior, whose faithfulness never grows old. All that we have and all that we offer comes from a heart both frightened and free. Take what we bring now and give what we need. All done in His name. Sometimes the road may be lonesome, often we may lose our way. Take courage and always remember, love isn't just for a day. All that we have and all that we offer 
comes from a heart both frightened and free. Take what we bring now and give what we need. All done in His name. What was the story that the a bishop told you about that song? Wasn't it Bishop Cayuet? Oh, dear Bishop Cayuet, uh, in New Orleans. Now he was very old, but he, he, he liked us, but he saw me one day and said, um, I like the song, all that we have, but uh, I have, I've never been frightened and free. I've never been frightened. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Bishop. Thank you. I was a priest uh, in the Diocese of Baton Rouge, and after my first assignment, I got assigned to a parish in Gonzales, Louisiana. And I can remember one of the very first Sundays that I was there sitting on the altar, I was saying the Mass, and there was a guitarist who was a rising uh, uh, junior in high school at that time, uh, long hair, hirachis, and exceptional uh, guitarist. And I remember saying, holy cow, and that was, of course, Gary Daigle, who is now with us, and that was the beginning of our association. That was 1975. In 1977, two years later, I had really hurt my back badly, and I was confined to bed. And um, I, I knew that there was an idea that I'd had for an album. Have we done five albums up to that time? Yes. Three? Yeah, we'd done five albums before that, and they were individual songs that we wrote. So we'd have an idea for a song, and you would write the song. And in this case, I knew that I wanted to do something on the common psalm responses for the Mass, so the responsorial psalms. And so, because I couldn't get out of bed, I had the books brought to me and I began writing out what made sense to me for a corpus of about 12 songs. And so we laid out the basic ideas for Advent and Christmas and Lent and various things like that. And uh, what, what the text should look like. And Gary would come to my room and he would play chordal progressions because Gary's brilliant on the chordal pro progressions. And, and uh, then Daryl would come in and we would begin playing around with melodic lines because Daryl's really very, very good on melodic lines. And we would criticize each other and iteratively work back and forth. And so they would say, your words are awful here. You need to rewrite this. And we would say, oh, the melodic line should do this or that. Or the chords don't really convey the kind of joy or reflectiveness. And so after you started getting better, you started feeling better. We met in the in the church at St. Teresa's, and we'd sit behind the piano. I was just learning to play the piano. I'd taken what I knew on guitar and sort of transcribed it to learning the keyboard, all the chord changes, and just listening to stuff I learned, I taught myself. Mike would have his legal pads <laughs> with all the lyrics, and Mike and Daryl would be standing and would have a cassette player recorder on top. And Mike and Daryl would talk about the the, the season of the year or how it might be used and I would just start to play ideas and eventually they would become a form a, a refrain form and then looking at listening to that Daryl would say wait a minute stop right there play those four bars and then and he'd sing the refrain and I remember looking at the lyric for we praise you O Lord and the refrain was intact yes 
And I began to think, they were saying, it needs to be majestic, it needs to be broad and cinematic. So I started thinking, what I, and I think I told the story, where I started thinking of Bridge Over Turbulent Water, the big Larry Nectel playing the, the, the ding, 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 ding. And then, and then the, the spot where he starts to play, ding, 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 ding. And I, the, the lick came to me, ding, 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 And I just started playing forward to the bar. And Daryl sang the first line. We praise you, O Lord, for the bar. We praise you, O Lord. And, it, and the, the song pretty much fell in place because you had the, at least had the first line of the lyric, your wisdom made the heavens and the earth, O Lord. That's a, uh, that line was there. So we sort of pieced, pieced the fragments of melodic material and eventually formed a refrain in a verse rather quickly. I remember it was nighttime and uh, in the church, and I was pacing up and down the middle aisle. Yeah. And I was way at the back of the church, and they were playing in the front of the church. And I was going back and forth and back and forth. And you'd kind of call out, it's working, it's not working, or whatever. Stop and I that remember, line. I remember all of a sudden when it fell into place, and I was in, actually in the back of the church, and I raised both my arms and said, it's a hit. <laughs> Praise you, O Lord, forever is your love. 
I think one of the discoveries with with uh, real deference to the St. Louis Jesuits, they tended to write more scriptural types of things. And earlier, we tended to come out of the folk tradition, so we tended to write inspirational uh, songs and so on. But more and more, I think we began heading toward scriptural things because obviously those are appropriate settings and those are our common story. But early on, one of the, in terms of just doing the music in the parish together, is where I was introduced to Jelena's song tones. And in your writing of the lyric had a meter to it just in the same way. The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. So your wisdom made the heavens and the earth, O Lord. You form the land and set the lights, and like your love, the sun will rule the day, and stars will grace the night. You can hear the rhythm in the... So once we started that four to the bar, Daryl's... The only thing I can remember is Daryl singing the first part. Your wisdom made the... I, I had the chord progression already. And the interesting thing about it is that it was a play to the strengths of the... Of, of the group and we we brought it to the rest of the guys uh, to Gary and and Buddy too but we drew on what we were each good at yeah. and so the the structuring the melodic lines the the chordal progressions and we suddenly realized we had something magic that was not simply an individual writing a song it was a corporate song and uh, because different ones of us are good at different things. For me, that, that was just an exciting time because exactly what you were describing, I could hear things in what you were playing in the chordal progression that would just lead to melodic lines. And when, when you found a place where you didn't know where to go next, I could still hear some place to go <laughs> melodically. And then you would fill in. Yeah, goes, based on the melody that, that we were creating. So we, it was, it was a wonderful record. process. <laughs> yeah. It was a wonderful process. I, I'm reflecting on uh, the uh, composition process that Daryl spoke about, about Gary playing a chord or something, and he'd put a melody to it. <clears throat> I think we were sprawled out one day on, uh, in Daryl's apartment, and we were tired, and we needed something, I think, for Advent. And... Um, and we just didn't know where to go with it. And we just said, Gary, just start something. So he started to pattern on the guitar. And all of a sudden, Daryl goes, oh, wisdom. And we looked at each other and we went, yeah, that's the direction. Go there. Yeah, that was the O-Antiphons for Advent. And it just happened. And that was, that was on our Light in the Darkness collection. That, that was fun. <laughs>
one of the things that, that uh, I appreciate about our background was that um, we came through an experience in the seminary with the Benedictine monks uh, who staffed the minor seminary and we, we sang Liturgy of the Hours every day uh, using some of the Gregorian tones and so on and evening prayer uh, always had began with uh, uh, contained incense as the, 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 the prayer of evening. Um, Let my prayer rise before you like incense. So um, I had this image of that incense swirling around and moving up into the ceiling of the Abbey Church. And so I wanted to try and capture that, that fluid experience. And so I began to play with a melody that would, that would kind of move around and, and try to capture that imagery of the, the incense flowing. Um, and it just seemed to work really well. Um, and at the time, uh, our parish organist, um, at the parish where I was, uh, I, it was a female, and I brought her the, the, my initial ideas, and she began to play with the accompaniment that would do sort of the same thing. And then I brought it to Gary, and Gary elaborated on it, and then when we brought it to the studio, um, we decided to use a harp to create that same effect of the, the, the swirling of smoke and the rising of prayer. Um, and it just all came together beautifully in, in that particular song. Um, and it's one of my favorites because of that, the, uh, the way I think the music uh, reinforces the imagery in, in that particular hymn. And um, even the arrangement for that song yeah. too. So the, the overlaying of voices that begin to go almost like incense, yeah. which was Gary's uh, addition. But, but the framework that you started with, I mean, you could just take everything away and hear the motion of that melody. Da, 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 da.
O Lord, from all wicked deeds. Let me not rejoice with those set against you. Let my prayer rise before you. But there's another beautiful song that I'd like to point out that nobody does. And we did it ourselves for our um, concert a year ago, our 50th anniversary concert, when these 70-year-old men were shuffling onto the stage <laughs> crazily. Um, but that song is Everlasting Love. I was just going to ask about that one. Which was written for, um, for the Easter Vigil, when you remember all of the great salvation history. And it's again a majestic song, and the the the, the mantra that the, the people are singing uh, are, is really really simple. And then Daryl does a magnificent job of providing the the uh, the cantor's part in, in in that particular piece. But it's it's a song that I also love because it's it's really what we're all about, that we trust God who has loved us down through the ages, and here are the proofs. But I think um, we were looking at that particular psalm, I think that's Psalm 136, and, um, and it, the psalm is written that way, with that, that mantra throughout the psalm, every, every verse or so, that it's repeated, everlasting is your love. Um, and so the psalm itself kind of provided the structure and so we we set the melody to that refrain and then just kept repeating it over and over again and then the cantor takes the the verses on top of it uh, and then then we start layering in the the harmonies and the descants and all of that and it just it swells and becomes magnificent as mike was saying um because it tells the story of salvation and um and that's a magnificent story <laughs> so it it, it 
the way it's arranged, and the arrangement is really Gary Daigle's arrangement to, to make the, the song grow as God's love continued to expand throughout history. So um, I, I think in answer to your question, partly it was an influence of the Taizé style, but partly it was just the way the psalm itself is structured.
The first thing I'm going to say about vocal blend, um, when the five of us got together, Dave Baker, Buddy Caesar, and the three of us, Daryl, Mike, and myself, when we got together to sing, I remember the first couple of minutes we sang, we realized there was a blend there that was so special. In fact, we sang at a CYO convention three days later, and we did a whole... A set of songs and we were asked how long we had been together has it been four years five years we said mm, 100 hours three days and I want to reiterate that all of us had been part of musical groups of one kind or another before so that particular occasion when we got together in the basement of the seminary at Notre Dame and we started singing we knew we knew it was right so part of it is the chemistry Oh, oh, oh. 
our first recording was uh, in Nashville, and we did it in one day, the entire recording, because the uh, publisher wanted to keep the cost down. And then the next time we went to Chicago, I don't remember how many days that was. Do you remember? No. Yeah. It was a little bit longer than that, obviously. And then the um, on the... Uh, on our third and subsequent albums, we tended to take a full week. So then we would go in and we would do the work track. So we'd lay down the vocals um, that were the trial vocals for the recording. And then they would bring in the rhythm tracks. And so we'd go back and forth and we would be looking for the right sounds. And, um, and we did these in various places. So we did them at Hollywood Studio uh, in Hollywood at RCA Studios, we did a number of them in Phoenix. We did a number in New Orleans at Sea Saint Studio, and but we got very good over time at figuring out what the pattern had to be, what, how we're going to lay all the the music out. Gary Daigle invariably managed to mess up the lyrics when he would type things out, so we find in the studio <laughs> that. Um, we'd have to make certain adjustments. But I remember it was rest in him alone, and it showed up in, in the lyrics that rest in Jim alone. Rest in Jim alone. <laughs> but I have to tell you, when we went to Hollywood, the uh, publisher had contacts with a lot of good Hollywood musicians, so we were uh, surrounded by uh, wonderful musicians like Larry Nectel, who was Grammy Emperor Award Brad, winner. And he played Bridge Over Trouble yeah. Waters. And Tommy Tedesco, if you ever had, have a chance to see the... You guys had Wrecking Crew on your albums? Well, that's what I was just going to say. We had Tommy himself did, uh, did our uh, Walk to That Glory Land album with Larry. So we had Israel Kurt. Baker, who was responsible for all of Neil Diamond's strings for all of his recordings, and first uh, first chair, a Los Angeles Symphony string player, and you know I was like, what? <laughs> and actually, I think that was the, it was the first time or the second time. There are three studios. There's a small studio where you do your vocal tracks. There's a middle-sized studio. This sounds like the Three Bears. Uh, middle-sized <laughs> studio for the rhythm tracks, and then the larger studio for the strings. And uh, and there there were two other artists that were there who were rotating around. We never saw them, and um, one of them was uh, was uh, Jose Feliciano, and the other one was Elvis. We didn't see them. In, uh, I saw we, I saw Elvis's car. <laughs> we we did. We have a picture of it, and so we kid about it to say that they had guards, which was true outside of their their uh, studios, and we had a Barker outside of ours. I have made you know 
insight that I have that we don't generally have a chance to share is that we did some of our richest music in my judgment later in our career and we were performing less and therefore any number of songs did not get the kind of play out there and so some of our songs that were not necessarily as strong as some of the at least in terms of uh, musical content um, uh, are remembered, but some of the later songs were not. So, for example, from, from that collection that you referred to in Evening Offering, which is a stunning song, a, a song that I love is Rest in This Peace, which is the night prayer. And, and night prayer is about I'm committing myself to go to sleep, and I put myself in the hands of the Lord because I trust, and I'm preparing, and I'm practicing for death when I put myself in the hands of God. And I can still remember when we wrote that song, which is a beautiful scriptural thing, it all came together. It's based on the Canticle of Simeon, which is the Canticle for Night Prayer. And uh, I just echo what Mike was just saying. It, it, the, the tone of that, uh, of that hymn really captures the meaning of the surrender that Mike talked about, putting yourself in God's hands. It's practicing dying every day uh, as we, we fall asleep in trusting in God. It, to me, it's just incredibly moving. I can remember um, when we finished recording that particular song, we were going out to dinner and we happened to have a cassette of it from the studio just to review. And we were playing that cassette in the car and it was complete silence when it was done. It was like everybody was in awe of what had happened with that particular hymn. It, it, it's marvelous. And again, it was part of the the process that we did where we wrote these things corporately, although I can remember that song, Like We Praise You, came together very quickly because it was almost a magical one. And it was actually at Daryl's family's place, which is on a 10-mile stretch of what used to be part of the Mississippi. And uh, it's a beautiful scene, and we were looking out toward the water, and all of a sudden it came together. And I remember thinking, oh my goodness, I'm ready to die. <laughs> And for our younger listeners, if you want to Google cassette, you can, you can understand the primitive form of audio recording. Clearly 
Yeah, and I just have this very uh, strong memory of a certain time. It was in 1964. I was at Mary Knowles Seminary in Glen Ellen, Illinois, and um, some of the choir people had come back from liturgical conference, I think it was Kansas City, and they brought songs from Clarence Rivers and Ray Rep. And I heard those, and I can remember hearing those, and it caused a seismic shift from daily Gregorian chant sight reading to the possibility that we could do music in the Catholic Church that was English, relevant, singable, and I can remember, I, I can remember singing, saying to myself, I want to be part of that. I want to do something like that with no idea it was going to turn into what it did. I would just like to echo what Mike was just saying. Uh, we, we never set out to... Um, achieve any particular goal uh, or, or any particular reputation. Uh, things just unfolded, they just happened, and I, I just see this whole thing as a gift, that, that uh, God was able to use the talents that he had given us, and um, those talents resonated with people in, in terms of helping them express their faith and express their worship, and it's, it's strictly a gift. It's not, uh, not something we, we set out to acquire. Um, and for that gift, we are deeply, deeply grateful. Love that's freely given Wants to freely be received All the love you've poured on us Can hardly be believed And all we can offer you is thanks. All that we can offer you is thanks. Creation tells a story that began so long ago of love that long to share its life in hope that love would grow. The sun repeats each morning the 
story is retold And just in love's retelling New chapters yet unfold Love that's freely given Wants to freely be received All the love you've poured on us Can hardly be believed And all that we can offer you is thanks All that we can offer you is thanks Your care called out a people Your love made them your own their hearts and calmed their fears and finally brought them home. It's when our trials are ended we most easily forget but your friendship never ceases your love shows no regret love that's really Thank you for listening to Open Your Hymnal, and special thanks to Gary Daigle, Gary Alt, Mike Ballhoff, and Daryl Ducote for joining us. For more information about the songs you heard in this episode, links to purchase this music, and additional resources can be found on our website, openyourhymnal.com. Production assistance and support for this episode was provided by GIA Publications and Gary Daigle. Be sure to follow Open Your Hymnal on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you haven't yet, you can subscribe to this podcast through iTunes and Google Play. If you've been enjoying this podcast, help us spread the word by leaving us a review. For Open Your Hymnal, I'm Matt Reichert. And I'm Zach Stahowski. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Open Your Hymnal. All content of this episode is property of Look Up Here Productions or its content suppliers and is protected by United States and international copyright law. For more information about this show and its use, please visit openyourhymnal.com. Open Your Hymnal.